0: Hey folks, welcome back. As always, this is No Red Tape, and I'm Mark Laird. And on this week's episode, I sit down and chat with an innovative actress, dancer, writer, and producer who's really found her way into being a pioneer in virtual reality entertainment. Prior to the pandemic, she was known for her work in this immersive live production known as Cages, which absolutely took the city of Los Angeles by storm with this amazing, all-encompassing audience experience. Now, as we all know there's been a massive entertainment disruption that's been brought on by the pandemic. But in spite of that, she's set to work creating a means to bridge the gap of live production in the virtual space. She's got this project, and it's known by the working title MimTech. And it's already garnered massive attention and is in the midst of partnering with a VR production company and rocketing forward into fruition. You can say she's kind of knee-deep in the uncharted and developing avenue of virtual entertainment. Now, this one... This one gets kinda heady. We spend a lot of time discussing what the future could be like as VR progresses. We briefly touch on things like neural link, acting with holograms, the possibility of valuing virtual reality over the present, whether we are in a sim- simulation or not, and, and what the prospect of alien life is. At times, I think we get pretty out there and, well, Maybe this is a good time to point out, folks, that in my view, this could turn out to be a growing pain of an episode for me. As I was listening back to this one, I'm not too proud of my hosting ability. I seem to jump around a lot and sound inarticulate at times, and, well, that's that. But despite all of that, it's a blast of a conversation. So I really think you'll get a lot out of it. Uh, I had a lot of fun doing it. And without further ado... Here's my conversation with the wonderful and resilient Anna Zimhart. No sweat. No sweat. Happy you're taking care. Really. <laughs> yeah. So okay, I want to start this off with kind of like the obvious, right? So COVID's happening everywhere. You're in LA, I believe, right still? Yes, in LA. Okay. So how how's everything going with you? I mean, like what's the mental state at? What's what's going on?
1: Yeah, man. It's been a crazy year. Um you know, I had just started, uh, we had just opened a, a big new musical, downtown LA, uh, right before the end of last year. So it's right. got a review in the LA Times in March, and then literally had to shut down a week later. And uh, as someone who primarily works in live performance, um, my other two shows got shut down too. So mm. um, the beginning of the pandemic was super tough. Uh, feeling like, you know, really hitting a stride in terms of um, even really growing the landscape for live theater here in L.A. There's been this big boom, you know, in immersive theater over the past couple of years. And it was really sad to see all of the momentum for that just kind of come to a halt. Oh my gosh, tell me Uh, about it. um, Yeah, so it's been tough. I've been, you know, doing a lot of soul searching in terms of like, what is the next step? Because right right now, you know, I'm now a year out of work Yeah. um, in terms of live performance, at least, you know, like we are not allowed to open our shows, probably won't for maybe another year. Yeah, right. And not in our control at all. I think that's the thing that's the most frustrating. Um, So, yeah, I I started to ask myself, well, you know, if this goes on longer than we hope, (laughs) what is a way we can uh look for to create a, a a new platform for live entertainment that isn't restricted by physical location that wouldn't limit you know like that if the pandemic is still going on mm. h- how do we keep this part of the industry alive um, right right and that's when i started researching vr and uh whole new journey
0: <laughs> yeah yeah so I mean it seems like throughout all of COVID you've been really staying creative and, and coming up with this brand new project and so I feel like from my standpoint being completely outside you're gonna hopefully educate me a little bit on this topic but um I think like VR and augmented reality is kind of you know we've kind of dabbled in it um, entertainment wise over the past maybe decade, but really it's coming to its fruition it's kind of like this new frontier of entertainment um, Do you you agree with that? Oh yeah, for
1: sure. I think that, you know, VR faces a couple problems and I think the biggest one uh, is accessibility. for a long time, the gear was expensive. Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, you've got to be connected to a cord. Uh, the graphics and stuff from the creative end, you know, we're we're figuring it out. So, like, I know personally, for me, like when I tried VR a couple years ago, like that made me feel really sick. Um, and, and you know, I, I you know me, I'm yeah, I, yeah. I take aerial <laughs> silks. Like I'm used to being upside yeah, down. Yeah, I would
0: never have wow. expected that
1: yeah and i was like oh dang like if 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 vr is making me feel sick it's got to make the general public feel that way too and right nauseous get down into the nuts and bolts of creating the material a lot of it has to do with how you shoot things how fast you're moving how much movement is happening around the person Mm. um
0: so i think that was a big hurdle for a long time but now uh, the oculus too just, yeah I was about you know, to say you know now with like oculus and things like that it seems like that's kind of gone to the wayside as far as that being a hindrance and you know it's so accessible to so many people totally you know for 299 <laughs> you
1: can get the oculus
0: now so it's
1: cheap in terms of game consoles honestly yeah. um
0: I tried and- one I think once recently and it was so badass like I remember playing like doing this uh I guess uh First-person shooter type game where you are the you know the shooter and I'm shooting all these robots. I just couldn't believe how not only it felt like I was there, but just the experience was completely different than anything I'd ever experienced. It was really really cool.
1: Yes, it. Uh, in the last like two years, yeah. like it, it's like my my mind was blown <laughs> when I finally. Yeah. You know, and I think uh, with the pandemic, it actually really pushed the timeline forward much more because now we're all all at home looking for more entertainment, looking for a way to connect and reach out and still talk to people and feel like, you know, you're in the same room. And, you know, Zoom can do a certain extent of that. But one of the things that really struck me too about VR is like, when you go into the social things, like, man, it, it does really feel intimate. Yeah. And and that's what really got me thinking, you know, about because like in the immersive theater world, you know, for those who aren't familiar, immersive theater is a branch of live performance that really challenges to erase the audience actor boundaries so that, you know, the audience is participating in in the action mm. in some way. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's not traditional proscenium theater where the audience is sitting in one part and the actors are on stage in the other. Immersive theater really like erases that line. So, you know, you have moments where, you know, maybe it'll be a show where we invite you over to our mansion for a dinner party, or, you know, we ask for your help to pack up our things after a breakup, you know? So mm-hmm. it gives these moments like for audience members to really be dropped into the story. And, you know, with, with the pandemic, how do you do that? You can't even see people's faces. You can't yeah. touch people, you know, you can't be in the same room. So, you know, even if, you know, within the next couple of months live performance comes back and you're allowed to like have people separate like on stage in the audience, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was, I'm, was really concerned that immersive theater you know, we'll just kind of
0: be stalled for a exactly of years. all that momentum you guys had goes nowhere, exactly. So, but it seems know. like the VR, what you're working on, is a complete bridge of that, like that you don't need to be exactly. in that same room, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So- you know we have a couple i'm i'm working on a show which uh yeah i kind of want to get into this based.
0: yeah okay so i want to get into this definitely you mentioned sci-fi just now so as long as i've known you anna you have been so passionate about sci-fi and fantasy which <laughs> totally is badass it totally tickles my inner nerd i wish actually i wish like right here in this space i'm going to hang like some lord of the rings stuff right yeah. here just to have something fun there just a but I wanted to tell you that just because I know you're, you're so into that as well as I am. Um, But anyway, so where did this passion start and how did, you know, you've kind of weaved that into your creativity over the years. Just, I guess, where did that foundation for, for fantasy and sci-fi kind of begin with you?
1: Yeah. So I think what's amazing about sci-fi, which Mm -hmm. is one of the things that attracted to me, it attracted me to it the most um, is you're really able to, dive deep into sensitive topics without them feeling so scary. Mm. Uh, For example, like, you know, especially here in the U S we're having a lot of race relation issues, right? where We're we're really as a country reinvestigating how we look at race.
2: Mm.
1: We've seen how on both sides, people can get very offended when you start, you know, suggesting, um, that someone isn't being fair or equal because they feel personally attacked. Well, Mm. you know, I'm not like those white people, you know, might be a a phrase for example, but like in sci-fi, you know, you're dealing with aliens versus humans or, you know, you're dealing with a completely separate thing and it's the same issues, Right. right? It's the same issues of race. It's the same issues, of uh you know foreigners like but it's not trying to cross a country border it's like planetary (laughs) yeah so you know i think it removes the barrier for a lot of people because it's fake you know it's not attacking someone personally it's not so close to home that people shut off their ears yes and and I think it really creates this space. Like like one of my favorite, you know, sci-fi series is Battlestar Galactica. And- Hell yeah. If like, and, and I'm talking about the remake, you know, the original's fine, but like, yeah. you know, really we all love the female Starbuck more. Um, <laughs> but you know, they deal with religion, mm. they deal with, you know, this major disaster that basically destroys the world as they know it. And then as the sole surviving ship, they have to recreate the government. Yeah. And so, like, you know, you're able to really like take a step back and look at what's working, what's not working, and how can we create the discussion to change the course of the future mm-hmm. you know because I'm a big proponent also that I think like sci-fi writers like you know our classic novelists like play a big part in where we go directionally in the future you know what what technology we make you know if we can see it in the movie mm. we're that much closer to actualizing it in real life so
0: oh that's a you know, that's a fascinating point yeah totally totally I totally agree with that
1: yeah, and I think that you know, I I I joked like at the beginning of the pandemic that I'm like I've read all the sci-fi books. I know every possible <laughs> way this can yeah. end and I'm prepared. But like I do there are some major concerns that I have about, you know, the future of how we relate to technology and so that's the main theme that I really want to explore with this show as as we creep closer to this uh, ultimate blend of like human and technology, right. Where uh, our, our phones keep getting smaller and then they start getting bigger, but what's mm-hmm. going to happen next is like, we're not going to have the thing in our hand at all. Exactly. You know, like, so as we create closer to having the ability to like edit our DNA or implant technology, I mean, we're already doing it with, you yeah.
0: know, I'm about to say neural link or and- yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: But what are the costs when we as we continue to develop more godlike powers (laughs) with our technology advancement like what what is the cost of that
0: exactly do you feel like in in general when you when you say cost it makes me think like you know where do we draw the lines of what is human anymore and what like how do we not lose our humanity with completely changing the way we interact with each other and the world around us, like that, when it's so intimate, when it's almost like you, know, you talk about these technologies like Neuralink and um, you know other things, you you get into this notion of almost like reading each other's thoughts or minds or or just connecting in such a a way that it's unprecedented. So how do we not lose our humanity in that? I know that's kind of heady. We're getting in like a heady way, but yeah. Oh,
1: I, I'm, I'm with you, man. Yeah. It's like then, then we get into it's not going to be human rights issues in the future. It's going to be AI rights. Yeah. As we start blending that and, and you know,
0: what, were what, you
1: human first or were you robot first?
0: Yeah. And like where as, do we define consciousness and stuff like that? I mean, that's exactly. super interesting.
1: And then even even class wars. That's my biggest concern. Ooh. Like when the chip becomes available, yeah. Like and you have to decide whether your kids kids going to get the implant or not. Mm-hmm. Like you got to take into account like, well, one, who can afford to get the chip? Yes, right. Like right. That's going to be a big, you know, lower class, high class sort of problem. Of course. And even a step further, like if you're like decide not to give your kid a chip, right? Because you're like natural DNA. That's the way to go. Like yeah. don't mess with what we got. Cause it's already working, you know? <laughs> yeah. How do you morally rationalize then that your kid is going to be in class with chipped kids? Yeah. And how is that fair? When, when your kid can spend an entire week trying to memorize the 50 states but you have a chip and you can just recall that information instantaneously, our mind and thought processes as humans is going to start changing because we're not going to be relying on simple memory recall anymore, you know, like, or, or basic computation that like a computer can do Mm
2: -hmm. even in
1: math, it's going to be more critical thinking and, and, and that changes the entire way we approach education. And how do you even do that when you yeah. have these drastically two different levels in class, so then what? What ultimately is probably going to happen is they're going to be separated, and then you know, I yeah, can you imagine s- what kind of crazy classist stuff we get into with that in terms of fairness and 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 you know whether the chip should be accessible to everyone and and how do we when we're not even at a place where we have universal Wi-Fi yet. You know, yeah. and how long it's taken us to get there because power and greed and you know all of these issues. Um, we're like rapidly approaching a lot of uh, higher stakes problems. In my personal opinion, I oh yeah, issue is something that uh, I'm gonna have to. Figure out with my kids, you yeah, know? no, 100%. Or, or or my my nieces, or you know what I mean, like like that exactly. next wave of the next generation coming, like mm-hmm. we will have to ask ourselves a lot of questions in terms of how how much are we willing to play God? Oh yeah, especially when we don't know the cost.
0: Exactly, but, yeah. Yeah. it's it's. Uh, it, I mean, you touched on so many things there, um, but. You know, right now, I think if you choose to take this chip, obviously you touched on that it's only going to be provided to the wealthy at first because the wealthy are the only ones that are going to be able to afford it. Uh, Unless, you know, the creator or whoever, I guess, just gives it away for free, which I do not see that happening. I don't see the technology being able to be created without some sort of funding and then profit. But um, if if you choose to get that chip... And you, whether you choose to give it to your kids or not, are you subjugating your kids, if they don't have the chip, to a lower socioeconomic status or just societal status for all time? You know what I mean? It's it, it's weird. It reminds me of that movie. Um, what's the movie? It's with Matt Damon. It's like uh, called Elysium. Have you ever seen that movie?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, where it's kind of like they're regu- you know, relegated as far as lower classes all don't have access to that technology and uh, the high classes kind of do. Um, it's a good movie if anybody's listening You should check it out just for like the You know the, the thought process um, But yeah it's fascinating And absolutely incredible um, But anyway we kind of Derailed a little bit which was awesome And, I, and I, this is what this is all about But going back so I kind of stopped you um, Before you kind of Delved into the project at hand So sci-fi and this You know this passion and obsession I love it you you kind of, it is, it's kind of filled you and you've kind of followed that. And in the past you've created projects that are sci-fi based as well um, to great success. And you've been uh, producing acting and um, I I don't know if you've had a hand also in directing them as well. Um, But I know you've talked to me about a short film that you did that, that, you know, got, had some success behind it um, previously. Um, that was also sci-fi based. And then you mentioned before, you talked about that musical, if anybody doesn't know, that's Cages, I believe, right? That you were talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was massively successful. I'm so sad the pandemic kind of closed it. But in L.A., it was kind of like, if anybody is familiar with, you know, she, she mentioned immersive, but uh, I, it makes me think of Punch Drunk Theater, which uh, if anybody doesn't know, it's kind of like this large scale where... You know, Ana, you just t- uh, touched on it, where people can interact with the show themselves and kind of follow different characters around. And it's almost like when you buy a ticket and you enter the space, you be, you're you entering the world of that that show or that play. Um, it's,
1: yeah, absolutely. it's very you cross, cool. Cross the door and you enter a different threshold. Yeah, yeah. It was cool about cages, which, you know, is honestly part of the reason that led me into VR is... Um, you know, they created a whole new system for the show uh, in terms of a sound system and also uh, actually like a holograph system. It's super insane to try and explain without like a visual representation. But if mm-hmm. you can imagine, I was an actor, singer and dancer on stage interacting with visual effects on the, on the backdrop on the scrim and also choreographed to interact with the holograms in front because the way that they set up a screen, you know, basically to the audience's perception, you know, there are 3d hologram images on stage with us. So, you know, it, it, in a way it's kind of like VR in real life, like yeah. without being in the headset. Um, so it's super interesting just to see, you know, how the technology is leaning in that direction and you know, I, we're, well, yeah, I can't quite talk about that yet, but okay. yes, oh. things,
0: things are coming. Look at that, look at that tease guys. Um, <gasps> anyway, so that brings me to another point. It's like when you're acting on stage with a hologram, I, I have no experience with that. Like it, how was that hard to, were you, because you obviously are aware of what the hologram will do. I mean, are you predicting what's going to happen? I guess it's no different than a play, right? You know, what's coming, but in the moment you don't, right. You're in that,
1: well, in in particular with the holograms, we're all pre-recorded. Mm, so, mm. Um, from a choreography standpoint, uh, you know, it, it, it's about this is where my dancer training really came in because, okay. like, my goodness, <laughs> we had to hit our marks within an inch sometimes. Wow! And like, there were a couple effects where, like. Um, you know, cause you're dealing with one of the main elements of the show is we have these cages over our hearts. Right. Mm. Cause like it's this post-apocalyptic world where you're not allowed to have feelings anymore. And so like, there's this one without giving anything away, there's this one effect yeah. where like, you know, you kind of like see our hearts like beating in the holographic cages. And like, mm. if I even just like shifted my weight forward onto my toes, the effect would be off. So, you know, that's how specific, like even within space, forward and backward mattered and also right to left.
0: Is that because the light is being projected like on a certain space that you're having to to hit on your body or next to you or...
1: Yeah it's, yeah, it's it's honestly really hard to describe without like <laughs> sitting in the audience and go like okay. here, like see how when I'm moved this way, it doesn't work. like yeah. and, and it's one of those things where when we're on stage, we can't see the holograms. So it's really like muscle memory, hitting your marks exactly. And, you know, like we when we first started the process, we would have um, rehearsals before almost every show just to, you know, get it in our bodies where all the marks are. And, you know, yeah. once at a certain point, it becomes like second nature and we don't, you know, need kind of like that much revisiting, but that's how technically precise we had to be.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, man. If that if that ever comes back guys, please check it out. I am hoping it comes back because
1: it, will, it, it oh, yeah? will definitely be back uh, as soon as we're allowed to.
0: <laughs> Badass. Okay. Please check that out guys. That's ugh. Oh. Man, I, I remember it just making so many waves in LA. I mean, it, uh, kudos to you. I mean, that's that's killer. Um, but anyway, so we're in, we're in this COVID time. You, you know, you're you're trying to stay creative. You're trying to keep your mental state up. And then lo and behold, uh, you know, you were on this path earlier. Again, I kind of stopped you. But um, lo and behold in this, in this time period, you kind of come up with this, this show with a friend and which brings you into that VR, that augmented reality kind of landscape. What, what was the process? Like, how did that come about? Like, what were you guys just sitting together and all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, we need to do this. Like how, how did that happen?
1: Yeah, totally. I was actually developing an immersive theater show. I was writing, um, (laughs) within this world mm-hmm. of, you know, chip technology. Um, it basically it started because I, I had this dream that my brain was running out of data storage and I had to decide what Whoa. memories to save and delete. Okay. So that was sort of like, this
0: that's pretty like black mirror up. almost. That reminds me oh, immediately. yeah, of that. I mean, yeah. it
1: totally was like a week where like my phone kept dying. You uh-huh. know, I kept running out of like phone storage space. And yes. like, oh, Like what apps can I keep? Like, what do I send to the cloud? What do, you know, like, yeah, constantly like uh, monitoring the space capacity on the thing. Um, and you know, I thought, well, it would be really interesting if we had that capability, um, you know, to increase our memory capabilities via chip implants. So,
2: mm.
1: I you know, I think as many people, the first part of quarantine really kind of went into uh, like a cocoon. And I was, you know, in research, in preparation for this project was reading anything sci-fi involving memory technology that I could get my hands on to try and understand, you know, what are all the different uh, avenues other people have gone on, And then what what do I want to say specifically that is unique and different about this? Yeah. And, um, I got to a point where I realized that uh, I'm a crazy person and that I didn't want to just do one show, but I wanted to do a month long show okay and started asking myself, you know okay well if if I was to try and do serialized live entertainment. in in a COVID time, what would that look like? What are the options? You know, a lot of my fellow creatives have transitioned into doing things on zoom, you know, doing these zoom shows where you're, you know, everything's remote. And while I, I, you know, I think there's some really creative solutions there. Ultimately, I personally don't like the zoom platform. Mm -hmm. I think it has a lot of limitations that, um, I was looking for a solve outside of that. Yeah. I tend to agree. In kind of talking about all the different options, um, ultimately, when we started, so then I brought my friend Lauren on. (laughs) Sorry, I'm backtracking a little bit. No, no, Um, I pitched the project to my friend Lauren Hayes um, because I needed help writing all 12 episodes, right? And, And we wanted to build a team and really develop this out. As, as fleshed out as we could mm-hmm. um, in, in terms of, because another common thing in immersive theater is this idea of branching narratives. So it, it, there's not one fixed storyline that you can experience. Mm. You kind of get to choose where your interest goes. So in our show, we have three lead characters and ultimately at the end, you have to pick a side. You know, they all kind of have different feelings about what should happen with this company that created the chip and the memory technology and, and how it should be handled. And and ultimately, like you as an audience member get to choose that. But what that means is we're creating three times the amount of content of course. that like each audience member is going to experience uh-huh. You know, with the hope that maybe they'll come back and do the show again a second time and, and play a different track. Um but, yeah, I brought Lauren on. We started writing the project. And as we started getting into the technicalities of, like, okay, what do these saved memories look like? Mm. In, in the show, we call them MEMS, Memory Encoded Machine Simulations. And, like, I mean, that's what VR needs to be used for. Like, I, I my issue with VR is, like, in terms of shows, I'm like, why am I putting on the headset? Where am I going? Like, what? Why am I here? Why am I doing this? And yeah. so we thought if we could create a show where there's a reason you're putting on the headset, because, you know, as someone who's having their first consultation at MemTech, you don't have the chip yet. Let us show you what it would be like. Yeah. And And so then that's when, you know, we are in your consultation, you put the headset on and you're sort of dropped into a Mem, into this memory. That somebody else has experienced, um, and, and and that's how we really wanted to utilize the technology there. And so, as I began research, you know, because VR is not my side of the industry at all, yeah. um, I was looking at actually like grants and mentorship programs and 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 things like that that we might be able to like partner up with someone. And um, we ended up submitting our project this European program called stereopsia uh, which has a booster mentorship program attached um, so we submitted we got accepted and then for about a month we went through uh, master classes uh, with industry professionals uh, updating us on what the, the most up-to-date techniques are you know where they think the direction of the industry is going you know all the mm. different elements kind of surrounding the more technical aspect of VR, mm-hmm. um, and, and then also pitch workshops. So then we had the opportunity at the, the end of the conference, um, which was in VR, that was trippy <laughs> going to like a conference in VR. Yeah, it would have been in Brussels, which, you know, my heart is broken. We're not there instead, mm-hmm. but uh, next year. Um, right. But their, their workaround was to make the entire conference in VR. So part of what happened at the end of the program was we got the opportunity to pitch our project yeah. in the conference in VR <laughs> and, and then had one-on-one meetings like in VR as avatars in the virtual coffee shop. Like, so futuristic, man. Like yeah. mine was kind of, you know, I, I was just soaking everything in. Um, but yeah, that's that's how we got sort of like that that was our trajectory of how we entered the VR world. And then, you know, since the conference i we we've been talking to different companies about partnering, and you know, we hope to uh, within the next couple of weeks make a decision about you know who we're gonna move forward with um, in terms of like a, a VR film or production company to sort of like help us translate. Our theater minds, <laughs> yeah. like our theater show, uh, into something that works in VR. That, you know, hopefully by the time we're done, pandemic restrictions will be lifted a little bit more and we can explore this space, which is what we're most interested in, which is like live room scale events with VR. Mm. So that it's not solely reliant on audience members to have their own headset at home to experience the show that like, you still buy your ticket, you show up to a certain place and, and you can have this option for a live interaction involving VR. But then there's also another version that's completely VR that, you know, anyone can access. And and that then even if we're really getting technical, there's a third option where, you don't have a headset and you're not local to LA or wherever we put up the show that you can actually do it all online in 2d. So it's like, Uh. you're not going to have the same VR experience where like you're dropped into this 360 world that you can walk around and, and and explore as someone's memory, but you're, you're getting sort of like a POV shot flat on the computer.
0: And is that going to be like um, picked for you that, that shot, or can they like, would they, I guess, uh, be able to choose kind of what POV they're watching, like on you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's about?
1: a great question. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> the way we are unfolding it, it's a thriller, our, our okay thriller, wicked. Uh, okay, what the the main sort of inciting incident. You go for your consultation um, while you're there for your consultation to get the chip. A hacker breaks in and it's like, what are you doing? You don't know these people. You can't trust them. Why did you sign the waiver? You know, like like basically berating you because who reads the terms of service agreements? Right. Of, us of course. No what you're signing away. And so this hacker, um, helps you get your, your, I would say stolen data, but you gave it away willingly. So really like helping get your soul back from the devil, um, in a way. And then uh, uh, from there, you learn that one of the founders of the company is missing Whoa. and you are trying to figure out like, one, what's happening? What they're doing with all of your data? Like, and then there's the different characters. Like, one of the lead characters, the hacker. One is like the person currently running Memtech, and then the third is the missing founder that you can't find. So, as you are sort of enlisted as an audience member to help solve this this mystery, this mm-hmm. thriller, mm-hmm. Um, characters are able to share memories with you. So, like, if you're talking one-on-one with a character and they're, you know, trying to explain their side, they may share a mem with you from the past in which you'll see it from their POV. And then, you know, if you're a good audience member, you know, you're doing good sleuthing, you then might reach out to the other character to try and get their POV so that you can see both sides of it and really, like, look for clues within. Mm -hmm. And then that's another cool thing about VR is, like, you know, there's this one uh technique called volumetric capture, which we're really interested in exploring, where Whoa. basically like traditional VR—you uh you know, if you've ever seen like a BTS thing of like Andy Serkis and Lord of the Rings—oh,
0: love that! I've seen that. Or, you know, or seen any that's... kind
1: of video game stuff. Yeah,
0: right? yeah, 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 yeah
1: wearing yeah. Those suits, the motion yeah. capture suits.
0: Which you always. can speak to that too. You've got some experience in that avenue as well.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. So that's like traditionally how VR, AR, you know, all that stuff is kind of handled um, uh, where you wear the suit, they capture your body movement Mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, an artist creates like the skin that they put on you and, you know, you can play any character that way right? pretty much. Um, But with volumetric capture, it's actually set up, you can imagine like a smaller studio and instead of like, there being one camera, two camera, there's like actually like anywhere from like 50 to 150 cameras, 360 around you, you, capturing you. And so it actually captures your clothing data. It captures your facial expressions, like, but it gives you the capability then in post to set your camera anywhere.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: To like zoom in or zoom out. Or if you want to go like, look at this person's face as they're talking, like, you know, there are all these kind of different um. Ways that you're not limited to where the camera's pointing in tr- the way traditional film is. Like, you know, you are directing where the audience is looking at all times. In VR, depending on which technique you use, you can do that. Mm-hmm. Or you can also give like this more um, exploratory, which is, you know, obviously what we like for immersive um,
0: elements. So I guess when, when, you- we've covered so much. It's, it's fascinating. So oh uh, Give me
1: one second, my okay. computer's about to die. I just need to grab my charger.
0: Oh, no worries. No worries. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. You're good. You're good.
1: Like 1%. The worst thing would be for me to just like blip out with a bad end,
0: drop off on the middle of that. Leave us on such a, such a tease. Um, okay. So like I said, we, we conquered a lot right then. And I, I loved it cause I was absolutely in it with you. Um but okay, so I've got so many questions real quick. Uh, so you you talked about right now as far as the, the this three sixty camera thing when they're when they're capturing each each person um in, in VR. As far as in a VR production like this, when a person is following a certain cast member because it is live, they're not pre recorded, how are you in a, a studio space with nodes all over you, like they usually have to, to capture you in motion capture? For those of you that don't know, it, when you have motion capture, from what I understand is there's all these nodes or uh, pinpoints where the computer analyzes pinpoints, each,
2: yeah.
0: yeah, this this node of data, and then it can render the what she, Anna has uh, talked about is a, an artist can uh, kind of creates a rendering of a costume or a, an identity that they put over where all these nodes are have been so that you get, you know, the person with the nodes on them becomes a completely different thing or person or animal or whatever, whatever the artist has kind of rendered on them. Um, But yeah, speaking of that, as far as, you know, when you're, when an audience member is kind of following your character, are you going to have to be in a, like a, a full on VR studio with all those nodes on you and you're kind of like interacting with them virtually at the same time. Like, how does that work?
1: Another great question, Mark. And, and one <laughs> of the things we are bringing on a VR company to help us figure out. Hell yeah. Um,
0: okay. Okay. Because,
1: to be quite honest, there are a ton of different ways we can approach it.
0: Okay. Okay. Um,
1: so I will give an example. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Two examples of uh, productions that I'm aware of that have used live actors within the show. Mm -hmm. Um, One of them is called The Under Presents. Uh, This is a game that you can purchase on VR. It's this very cool uh, animation driven world where you're sort of like uh, out in the desert, but there's all these different characters that you can come and interact with. And they have like like a a mission storyline Uh, you know, where you're given tasks and you can go through it, but then you're also given access to like the free roaming world where my friends like log in at their scheduled times every day from their homes with their VR headset and are dropped into the skin of a character. And Mm. so like what's cool about this particular show and using animated skins is that like, you know, one day you might play the dancing cat and then the other day you might play the talking crab or, Mm. you know what I mean? Like you can, as an actor have like a lot of, um, you know, diversity, even in terms of uh, what you can play, which, you know, you're not typecast the same way, which is pretty cool. Um, So they, like I said, they have these animated skins, but they can go in real time and yeah. interact with these characters that are there, you know, certain days throughout the week during certain times. And and it's, you know, they've been building this relationship for months now, even, you know, and you mm. have the live actors there constantly improving and working within the bounds that they're given as creators. Um, so there's a way to do it that way. Um, there's also, unfortunately, there's not at this point right now, there's not really a feasible way to like live stream my likeness as a human Anna, like into the game.
0: Mm, okay.
1: So we would either need to like, yeah, like have me in a mocap suit and create like a digital skin that looks like me, but exactly. more like video game stuff style. Mm. There's that option. Or, you know, there's a, there are ways to like stream flat videos into VR live. Mm. So uh, that's kind of how we're leaning towards using it at the moment because there's uh you know, part of our main interaction is like you're able to have these like vid chats with characters um, where you, they're one-on-one, mm. you know, so you're, you're interacting, you can ask questions, you know, you're moving the storyline forward. So um you know, we, we think it's important to, you know, as we discuss it, cause like, we're like, okay, cool. So we can meet in VR for those things for sure. But audience and actor will both have to have avatars. Okay. Something I think that we lose with doing that, which is why we're probably not going to go in that direction just because I think it's important to be able to see people's facial expressions. I think mm-hmm. it's, you know, um, more intimate, and 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 one of the real like staples of immersive theater are having these like one where you can see how the audience is reaction reacting and right, you know, right. off of them, which is more anonymous when you have an avatar so you can kind of like be whoever you want, and there you know there's sort of like less accountability I think for the audience member to like show up as like a real honest person that you're you know what I mean you forget that you're interacting with humans and I think it can get messy there but you know it certainly is another avenue we can go with that I think ultimately you know we'll probably create the video chat off of VR okay this is like a multi-platform show where you'll be receiving texts, you'll be receiving emails, you'll have vid chats, and then there will be a portion of it that if you have the headset that you can do in VR.
0: Wow. Okay, so it expands past almost the show, and the, the show almost like encompasses reality in a way because you have that connection yeah, with for a text month.
1: That's, that was like my point. So if you can think of it okay. like... Right now we're structuring it 12 episodes, uh, throwing out three episodes per week. One that is like a main event, which would be, yeah. you know, like a VR sort of cinematic, you see, you know, it's a full, uh, probably hour, hour and a half, you know, like you're sitting mm-hmm. down and watching your favorite TV show. Right. Oh, yeah. And then the other two shows will be a combination of one-on-one live interaction that you schedule with actors and these group chats, uh, with puzzle solving and other elements that kind of, you know, are, are more the the gamified aspect of it. And, yeah. you know, as an audience member, you can participate as much or as little as you want in all of the elements, but you know, the, the, uh, like how we're enticing, you know, audience members to participate to the full extent is like Easter eggs and, you know, getting like we talked about earlier, the other POV of that mem yeah. that we shared earlier. So it's like, you're sort of like gathering there, there's as much information for you to explore as you're like willing to dive in. You know, we, we, we sort of look at it as like, you can be like a deep diver where, you know, you've signed the blood oath and you're reporting for duty. And like, you're uh, uh, an active co-creator in the storyline, trying to find this missing person. You know what I mean? Like Uh you, you take on the role for yourself that you decide. So like, we might have a deep diver who's like, you know, shows up like that. You might have a snorkeler who like, wants to dive in sometimes, but like also wants to come up for air. And like, they might participate in like most of the activities, but not all of them and then like we also have like a voyeur profile where this is the person where like maybe they don't like puzzle solving maybe you know interacting one-on-one with an actor like freaks them out so this is more of like you know they watch the action from the boat and and they're more of a a viewer watching their favorite storyline and enjoying how other players are solving the elements you know, and sort of like taking a back seat and, and watching as opposed to being as engaged uh, participation wise.
0: How wild. Dude, this is incredible.
1: Um I think it's going to work.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. Like, how how amazing of you to almost become just through this, like, hey, I, I took taking the initiative off of an idea and, you know, following your creative instincts. And all of a sudden, you're a pioneer almost in this space of you're doing something kind of unprecedented.
1: Absolutely. Um, yeah, I saw a hole. Yeah. I saw a hole. And I was like, honestly, I was like. How do I hire myself and all my friends, like, to keep doing live performance, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> during a pandemic? I, you know, like, we, it's not like we can just transition to something else. Like, that's a very specific thing, and literally all live right. events, museum, everything is shut down. So, you know, instead of allowing the industry to like trip and fall down a cliff, like, how can we find a different medium? for all these people who are available now too. I mean, that's like, you know, the yeah. other kind of blessing is, you know, I'm I'm like, you know, already thinking about, oh, well, how can I get an opera singer into the show? How can I, you know, like all these different, you know, because I'm a dancer, I come from, you know, a very heavy physical background. So one of my main goals with this show too, is like, if we're going to go sci-fi and if we're going VR, like, let's go big. Mm. Uh, let's have these major... Um, dramatic story elements where things are a little bit bigger than life, where there are these dance elements, where there mm. are, you know, more dramatic stage type of elements. Cause that's what I personally have been missing in all the zoom shows I've been going to. I'm like, okay, cool. Like you're doing a great job at like being real people and talking to each other. But like, why should I pay this much money
2: mm-hmm. to
1: watch people talking to each other on zoom?
2: <laughs> you yeah. know,
1: and, and not to knock any of that, that is a different thing from what we are doing. Um, I just am wanting more, you know, I, I'm wanting, I, I'm missing watching dancers on stage or, or dancing around me in an immersive thing and that kind of heightened, stylized interaction.
0: Oh, completely, completely. I I, I couldn't agree more. I totally miss that aspect of things. Um, so
1: live music,
0: yeah, live like, music for sure. You like, know, like
1: that, that's another one of my big goals for the show. You know, mm-hmm. I, we start one thing at a time, but my biggest mo is to like, bring on really kick-ass artists and, and, and create a different platform for them yeah. to showcase their art.
0: That's uh,
1: That's not limited by physical location. Because that's another thing, too. Like, you know, we can be doing great work in immersive theater in LA, and then, like, you know, but nobody else around the world up until this point has really been able to experience that in a real way. And that's the one gift the pandemic did give is like all Hmm. of a sudden now anybody can create a theatrical show online and you can view it from anywhere as long as you wake up at the right time.
0: I guess that's true. Yeah. You're, you're, you're completely right. You're completely right. But bringing something like this kind of the forefront and pioneering the space, I know you and I, we both kind of have experience kind of doing a film and bringing a new project to life and knowing that whole process, were you intimidated at all going back and like starting something completely new as far as VR? I don't even know how you could get involved in that. And then you kind of finding this Avenue to this competition. I mean, that would, that come naturally. Like what, did, what was your thought process? Like how did you, you, cause you dreamed up this idea. How do you kind of get that to the next level? I mean, where, where did, how, I mean, how'd you come up with that?
1: Totally. Um, it certainly is intimidating, but I, believe wholeheartedly that I have an expertise and Lauren does as well, like in the immersive theater world, in terms of creating truly immersive content uh, that hasn't been utilized in VR yet. And so, you know, once we entered the booster program, which I feel like was the thing we were missing, right. Mm -hmm. It's like, we don't understand the language of how to talk. We don't know the techniques to be able to pitch how we see the VR techniques playing out in the show. And, mm. and so that was sort of the step we were missing, which is why it was such a blessing to be able to have, you know, participate in these masterclasses from people who are actively working and creating and have been. Most of these people, you know, are, are, are uh, fanatics, you know, the people who have been with it for a while. I haven't. I just kind of hopped onto VR this year. Yeah. So it was certainly intimidating, but I think like the important thing, You know,
0: hello. I'm new here. And I realized it's like we
1: have an (laughs) expertise. Like our expertise is in storytelling. Our expertise is in character development and branching narratives that immerse the audience so that they can become a character Mm. in in this sci-fi thriller. Like that has not really been utilized in the same way with live performance actors. Sure, you can play a game where you're like the hero and taking down the zombies or you know whatever it is, but they're I think VR can expand in a great way with live performance, with talented, you know, live artists, whether it's actors, singers, dancers. And so like, once we, you know, like really kind of owning that, in our pitch. Like, mm. you know, cause we had a lot of conversations together about, you know, how do we do this? Like when we have these meetings, how do we talk about it? We had uh, six minutes to pitch our thing. And we're like, I'm oh, like, Whoa. you know, we've been talking about it for an hour. So exactly. how do I pitch this in six minutes in, in a bite-sized thing that you understand what we're trying to accomplish, like first in an ep in, in the pilot episode, which w- was our main goal. We want to get funding for the right. pilot. And, and, but then like, Still wanting to bring on partners for the whole series, so right. you know, figuring out how to angle it and and what really we have to give as creators that other people don't. And um, it's fascinating because, like, you know, there's a ton of different people. At these these conferences, everything from like, you know, people wanting to use VR for philanthropic reasons, or or you know, uh, even. More documentary style things, and and you know then there's the you know there's a lot of different elements and people attending this. We noticed we attracted the people who were like, you know, everyone's so focused on the tech and what's the new tech big thing, but like we personally believe that like story is lacking as a result of focusing on the tech, mm. and we believe that you guys are coming story first. Which has attracted, you know, certain types of people to want to work with us who understand that the technology can be as immersive as you have the skills to create. But what's really going to like change hearts and minds are is that connection. Mm. You know, I and, and particularly with what we want to do with the show and having these conversations of like, you know, if you get a chip in your head like. Are you risking brain damage? Yeah. And what are what are the repercussions of that? Yeah. And 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 you know, our, like our hacker chick is really like technology for all, this should be accessible to everybody. But you know, then what's the flip side of if everybody has it and they have access to this chip and you can just like listen to that goddamn voicemail from your ex? 800 times, you know, or like replay the breakup, you know, I like, there are so many ways it could go wrong and drastically, like, honestly, like screw up our heads and our psychology. And so like, how do we take care of people as this is happening? And, you know, and that's where our doctor character comes into mind because she thinks that this needs to be paired with therapy, Mm -hmm. you know, so that you're not just like, deleting every horrible thing that happened to you because that ultimately changes who you are and and what you've learned and what mistakes you're going to make in the future. So wow. how do we reconcile this balance with like yeah. access to all but safely But then, you know, we've got the protesters on the other side who are like, this is untested. You don't know (laughs) what this is going to do long term. And if we all just get implants, like, are we all going to be robots in 10 years? Like, uh, you know, like that's that's changing the evolution of humanity.
0: Yeah. In a small way, this is kind of giving voice to the whole concept of Neuralink coming out. I mean, this is almost like the precursor of everything.
1: do we want Facebook to be in charge of that? Yeah. I'm not sure. Like, uh, and you know, Facebook owns Oculus. So, yeah. you know, like th- th- this is part of the conversation is like, we got to be more careful with like who we're giving our privacy and, and selling our rights to, or not even selling them. Cause we're literally like downloading the app for free hmm. and signing the things, but you know, like understanding what the repercussions are of that so that like we can make smarter choices as innate, because technology is not stopping. Like this train is going. Oh, it keeps going. Yeah. But we have to have the philosophical discussions around it to make sure we are becoming who we want to become, not, that we're becoming something else as a result of like moving too fast and, 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 and discounting the science fiction writers and the philosophers who are, you know, because like Facebook, any of these big tech companies, they are not trained in psychology. No, They don't no. understand the long-term effects that even that has had now. And, and, and Facebook is a staple everybody ha- ha, for the most part has had one or has one now yeah like that is insane
0: what is we it like two billion that's
1: affecting humanity as a whole
0: yeah exactly i mean what is it like two billion three billion people that have a facebook account on the earth you know what i mean it's it's nuts and then and
1: it's increasing I, you know yeah. as more countries become you know have more access to technology and exactly it's, just, it's coming fast guys <laughs>
0: So you bring up great points as far as like we as a society we should probably be looking at this more of like a long term how do how do we define this for ourselves like what what are the choices we're gonna have? what are the choices we're gonna make like how what if the choices that we pick now, how is that gonna affect our kids? how is that gonna affect society in general way down the road it's pretty, pretty honor <laughs> you're blowing me away um, so you kind of yeah, it's going
1: fast I, I think even you know one of the the other discussions that was had in you know mm-hmm. these conferences is how like we are honest to god really not that far off from you know AR is something that i think personally confuses me like i mean i understand like the basic concept that mm-hmm. like there is something in my real space that is not real but that like i'm able to interact with right and right. so like we've seen some companies use it in a way where like oh like I like that dress. And then like, you can put out your hand and a model like plops onto your hand, wearing the mm. dress and you can see how it moves. You can see how they walk. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. That like,
0: new age shopping experience type thing.
1: Right. But like, really we are not that far off. Like predictions are that, you know, within the next couple years, like every single person will be interacting with AR on a daily basis.
0: Well, so, Yeah, exactly.
1: I was like, I don't even understand what it is, really. I mean, like, I do. I do, but it's, you know, I mean, Pokemon Go was really, like, the first kind of...
0: Yeah, widespread kind of, like...
1: Widespread understanding of what could happen
0: And that's on the, you know, a really small level of what the capability is. It's pretty astounding. So, uh, I had a thought real quick about... Do you think, you know, we're you're in this project with, uh, you know, augmented reality, VR, motion capture, um, as far as in the future, we talk about this idea of, like, simulation or um, virtual reality on, on such a wide scale that we kind of, almost like Ready Player One style, we kind of, like, lose our sense of reality because we've created Ready
1: this. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah okay so that's
1: here now no no like i've literally been in the chats where it's like oh like that dude is dressed like harley quinn and like you know what i mean like yeah like it's yeah literally yeah. ready player one
0: <laughs> and if for those of you guys I, i'm just gonna briefly um yeah. talk about this at ready player one is kind of like this it was it was a book steven spielberg just made it into a movie recently if you haven't seen it it's worth your time just to, as far as the concept um it's it's basically everybody you know a video game is worth more to people uh people than the present reality. So they spend all their time in this this virtual world and kind of that they identify um, with with their virtual avatar rather than themselves because the present reality is kind of bleak for most people. Um, Is that a fair assumption you would say?
1: Yeah, and and I would say that like in Ready Player One, so specifically VR Mm -hmm. is accessible to everyone. Mm -hmm. So what you have then is like, a much less margin of gap for like things like education, because it's not about, you know, what school you can afford to go to or where you physically live. You're not limited by those things anymore. You can go in VR and go into the virtual classroom and literally have access to any book ever written. Yeah. So, you know, there are certain things where it it benefits, but then, you know, for people who, live in the slums, like really VR is better than anything they can hope to experience in real life. And so it it takes them out of the real world in a really big way where they don't have a big community where they live, Mm -hmm. you know, in terms of family or friends or, you know, that becomes smaller and more isolated, but you gain this online community, which like to bring it back to what we were talking about earlier in terms of avatars like is anonymous in a certain extent because you can make your avatar look like whatever you want depending on whatever you know because it's different for different apps like how much control you have with the customization but even then like you could like literally you could look or lie and nobody would know
2: yeah and
1: so like you know it's a big discussion that actually came up in this conference is like should digital avatars like look like ourselves and it's a fascinating conversation. I, I don't know what the answer is because I will say that like talking to like a little cartoon that doesn't have legs yeah. like is kind of odd, but like, you know, there are certain.
0: But how long style, is it going like, to be odd? Oh, go thing? ahead. I said, how long is it going to be odd? Like if we, that becomes the norm,
1: right? Like, yeah. and, and it's getting better every month. Even. Yeah. I mean, you know, there are a couple things I just tested that are in like beta right now, which. I don't really understand how it works. I know that like on the outside of the Oculus, there are some kind of cameras because you have this capability to like see your environment when you have the headset on, mm-hmm. like it's kind of hard to describe with until you experience it visually, but it, it's meant as like, so you can tell if you're about to hit a wall <laughs> or, you know, yeah. or if you need to like move like something in the environment. But like, yeah. I think like somehow on the headset and also on the controllers, like like if you have your hands in front of the headset, like the camera, is assessing the movement in your hands. Like mm. there's this new feature that is sort of in beta right now, where like you don't need the controllers. So like if you're selecting something, you know, like like scrolling, you kind of like pinch and slide, and you know, like and 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 that like blows my mind because it's like obviously somehow looking at my real life movement. Mm-hmm. And it somehow is also picking up facial stuff. And I don't know whether it's done like triggered audio wise, like, and they're just kind of guessing, but like my roommate, uh, also got a VR headset this year. And we went in one of the social like group platforms to like test it out. And we're in the same room in real life. And then also in VR in the same thing. And for the first like five minutes, her and I were just laughing because like, I, I remember she was across the room and I like gasped and I was like, (gasps) and like my character's mouth like went to this huge O, and like i like i was like how did it and then i i pointed at her and my hand pointed in vr and i was like how does it know my finger's sticking out like i'm holding a controller yeah like it does it knows like if i'm giving the thumbs up like and that's how like some people who didn't turn their mic on would communicate and i was like oh man that is so trippy that it like is actually able, without a motion capture suit or any of the haptic gloves or anything, to, like, understand what my body is doing in space. So weird. So wicked. Awesome in some ways, but very, very strange and cool at the same time.
0: Oh, completely. Oh, my gosh. So weird
1: having, like, like, like our pitch meetings uh-huh. in VR, uh-huh. you know, cause you're all just these little cartoon things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see these arms moving around and you know, I'm, I'm a performer, obviously. So I got like very gesticular <laughs> sometimes like trying to yeah. explain what I'm doing, but like, it's so odd, like to see, to understand how that translates. And I was like, man, like, you know, in the future, I'm going to have to like, really like, look at myself as an avatar and understand like how that translates when you're talking to people, yes. you know, like both as a performer or even as like a social thing, like, you mm-hmm. know, what reads. Cause if you're doing like small, intricate things with your hands, like that is going to be less receptive to, you know, moving your arms more, mm-hmm. but most avatars don't have legs. So, you know, like
0: it's yeah. just
1: weird. You have different tools to express yourself
0: yeah <laughs> already we're we're used to uh, you know it's so primal body language is so primal, so uh, having a totally different kind of vehicle to exhibit body language, I just wonder how that's gonna affect us in just our communication like you mentioned we don't have any legs i mean obviously we we gesticulate or we we talk with our hands and our body and stuff like that, but without with different appendages, like how's that going to work? like if your avatar is some sort of like you know, monkey banana thing. Like how do you, you know, and you're, oh my you're... God.
1: I'll give you an example actually, because <laughs> this is hilarious when I yeah, first yeah, yeah. got that set. And I'm like, you know, I am trying to learn the ropes. And and I consider myself like a pretty quick learner, but there was this one app um, that overwhelmed me a lot at first. And it's okay. like basically this it's Is it a social a,
0: app or what what?
1: Oh which one specifically? I think it's VR chat is the one I'm thinking of. Okay. But it's a Anyone can build worlds, right? Mm. And you can create these portals and you can go into these worlds that someone has created in 3D. -hmm. And and, and then there are these skins that you can put on yourself as an avatar. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And apparently there's, like, some function where, like, when you're off exploring worlds, you can kind of, like, find skins or, like, borrow them from other people. And that's kind of like you build a collection or something. I'm still figuring it out. but. Somehow, the first time I was in there, I found, like, an avatar skin for an alien. Okay. And um, <laughs> I was sitting down on my couch uh-huh. trying to figure out how to work this. And I'm this alien. And I ended up going through some portal and ending up in something. Yeah. And, and all I see off in the distance are all these different characters sitting around a fire. And I'm like, I'm going to, you know, all right, this feels like, you know, the AOL group chats yeah. back in the day. I'm, I'm going to go meet some people. Are you? And you I'm say... trying to figure out how to get over there. But yeah. because I was sitting down and not standing, like in real life, my, my alien was on its stomach and it was just crawling so slowly, like on, oh. like, like with its hands, like
0: the ring and, like,
1: girl, dude. Yeah. I, for like 20 minutes, couldn't figure it out until I realized, like, oh, I need to stand in real life if I want to walk at a normal pace and <laughs> get over there. But, like, and I just, like, was crawling. And I remember the moment where all the other avatars, like, mm-hmm. stopped talking and just, like, <laughs> me, like, <laughs> like, coming towards them. Yeah. And I remember, like, like, one of them talked and was like, hey, buddy, you need help? And it literally sounded like an eight-year-old. And I was like, I was like, I'm just, uh, I'm going to go to the other portal. Bye. Like, Because I got so stressed out and embarrassed that I couldn't fit. you know, like.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah
1: comfortable um (laughs) i still haven't figured out really like how to change it from the alien avatar so when we were about to have these conferences in vr i'm like what platform are we using like do i need to figure out my avatar ahead of time yeah yeah yeah. i don't know how to get rid of the alien and i'm not sure like as much as i love sci-fi it feels maybe like i should pitch it as a robot over an alien for this particular show if i was gonna choose some weird avatar oh man Wow.
0: Wow. That's funny. That's awesome. Uh, so, okay. So last thing with VR and everything like that, I feel like this is a fitting way to kind of encapsulate everything because we've talked about, you know, uh, virtual reality and this, this artificial world that everybody in ready uh, player one is kind of here. Do you think there's this talk about this simulation theory? Are you, are you up to date on that? Or do you know what, do you know what I'm talking about? Which simulation theory are you talking Just about? Just that we might be in a simulation. Is that is that something you've ever contemplated? I mean, is that... Does it seem... Oh, yeah. Yeah?
1: I... I uh, yeah.
0: I mean... <laughs> oh, yeah. Whatever. Or yeah. the conspiracy theories. But, yeah. like,
1: there are aliens and we're probably in a simulation. Yeah. That's, that's my personal uh, take based on everything I have learned and read about, both fiction and nonfiction. Um, yeah there's a very, very, very high probability we are in some kind of simulation. But like, also, if you're into, you know, multiverse theories, like, uh, you know, there's a version where we've made every single decision the opposite than we have in our life. And, you know, there's infinite possibilities. So do I think I'm the original? That's the better question, I think. Like, am I the original? Or, you know... I, I don't know. We, we could get really deep into the philosophical, like, questions of exploring this. But, um, yeah, ultimately, I'm going to go with probably in a simulation.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, ultimately... but I'm
1: hoping I'm in the best one.
0: Ooh, you know? I like that answer.
1: 20 is, is a little weird, but, like, doesn't yeah. that feel like someone messing with a simulation? Like, I don't know. <laughs> or the aliens,
0: yeah, the, that's the yeah, weird like, thing.
1: I used to joke, like, yeah. you know, like, ha, ah, real funny aliens, 2020, like, I get it, you're trying to, like, really push forward our social change, like, on a quicker timeline, and, mm-hmm. you know, get us to stop, like, fighting over stupid things like race and war, you know, is this why you're doing it? I don't know.
0: right. Right. It's it's really weird, all this alien talk recently, too. Like, all the stuff from the Pentagon coming out with this stuff. Uh, whether, yeah, whether. side
1: note, watch The Phenomenon. I think it's on Amazon. There's one other documentary, but there's a couple that have just come out this year where they yeah. interview uh, top government officials yeah. about uh, UFO things. And, and, yeah, it's based on all the stuff that the government just declassified. and Yeah. Uh, you know, Keep in mind, they've only declassified that because it happened so long ago. So if they're saying that's what happened, you know, way back when, um, we're definitely not up to date.
0: It it definitely feels like I don't know how I feel about the, you know, the the simulation thing and the alien thing, but it definitely feels like we're gearing up to discover things or at least someone's finally going to tell us something that either has been held back or, or or what i'm not sure but i I definitely find myself leaning towards this alien thing you know i never it never was out of the realm of possibility for me i always kind of thought maybe you know it it could be with all the possibilities out there with how big the universe is but with all these circumstances happening or or coinciding rather um it's just it's crazy to think that um uh, there is another life somewhere, at, at least on some level.
1: Well, it's. I think you know. I, I'm. I'll be the first one to admit I'm not great at math. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the math, like, yeah, it, it's it's really egotistical to think we are the only. Ones.
0: Yeah, that's what I keep coming back to too, philosophically and and personally. I think isn't it kind of like very narcissistic to think that we are that self important in the realm of all these possibilities that we're the only things that are this smart or this capable, I mean, it makes me think like, okay, you know, that's just my human, like arrogant hubris as a human being talking a little yeah. bit.
1: Yeah. 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 I, I, it's kind of undeniable in my personal opinion. Like when you really, um, I'm, I'm forgetting, I'm just trying, I'm blanking on there's, there's this one theory Where they literally break out like the mathematical equations based on, you know, how many planets and how the universe is expanding and all of these different elements. Mm -hmm. uh, To think that we are the only planet that somehow like got all of the right circumstances to like create life, I think is a really small minded view. Um, I, I think that, you know, they might look different from us if they have adapted under different circumstances, like that's something I've always thought as a kid, I'm like, you know, maybe we like haven't found the aliens yet because like they're invisible. Like that could be something that they had to adapt on one planet or, you know, what if they, because when, when you break down like what life is right. And Mm -hmm. and I am not a science major, so I I am maybe quoting some of this wrong.
0: I'm not either. So I think you're unsafe.
1: you know, oxygen to breathe, water to function. You know, there Mm -hmm. are basic like things for how we define what, when something is living. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: And it's specifically for our planet. So, you know, I think in terms of the grand evolution scale of how long everything has existed for and how small really in the grand scheme of things we are, it is silly to think that, you know, other things haven't adapted in that same amount of time.
0: Mm -hmm. No, I agree.
1: Intelligences, other plants, even, you know, whatever you want to call it, depending on how specific living, you know, because plants are technically living, but are they, you know, do they have consciousness? You know, no, Mm -hmm. not to our knowledge.
0: (laughs) Yeah. To our knowledge. Right. Um, It's, it's pretty crazy. The thing I just keep coming back to is just how little we really know. About everything, um, but Anna, the truth. <laughs> this was this was great. Um, can you believe we did an hour and seventeen minutes so far, and we're we're still uh, we're still cranking?
1: Yeah. Well, uh, it's a lot of exciting things happening. I yeah. think In the world, and and specifically in entertainment. If you if you haven't heard it, uh, you heard it here first. Like VR is the future, and it's coming fast. And you know, I hadn't bothered myself with it for a while because Mm. of the things we mentioned earlier, like accessibility and also comfortability, you know, like the old headsets were really heavy and bulky, but now as we're cordless, as they're getting lighter, as we're, you know, making cell phones lighter and smaller, you know, like all of that, the computing power is just getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And I think once we get to the point where You know, it's something similar to more like glasses rather than this like big heavy thing, or, you know, it's like an easy accessory to have in our life. Um, I think that we're going to see a big, big shift in the world with how we interact, how we shop, how we, you know, just on a small scale, those things. But ultimately, like, dude, I just pitched my, my, Series in VR. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's here. I just had business meetings in VR. It still trips me out. But I work out in VR. Oh, real quick before oh, we go. Oh well, yeah. Oh no, this is my new thing. Yeah, I have not done any cardio since quarantine happened, and I play this game or I use this app multiple times a day. Okay. Um, this morning I worked out to classical music in front of the Egyptian pyramids, and then went to Costa Rica, and then went to the Netherlands.
0: Badass. Is this with a headset? Like, like what do you, how are you doing this?
1: So you can imagine it kind of similar to something like Guitar Hero. Okay. You are dropped on a black yoga mat, you know, okay. in the center of this 360 environment. And, and sometimes it's on a mountain. Sometimes it's in the water. Sometimes it's on mm-hmm. a lake. You know, they have all these different. Locations. Is this with the Oculus? Yeah. 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 Um, and you hold the controllers and Like, you know, you, in your hand, you just have the controllers, but then in VR, the visual are like these bats Uh and you stand on the mat and, and like one hand is white and one hand is black. And then these targets come flying at you. And basically like, it's like my, my favorite playlist on there is called like breaking stuff or breaking shit. Cause it's just like smash, 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 like all on the beat to whatever <laughs> song you're doing. Yeah. And sometimes they're high, sometimes they're low. And then they have like these triangles that you like squat through, but it's basically like, you know, dance, like a combo of dance dance revolution or like guitar hero, like mm-hmm. on, you know, super high energy. Um, like today I was uh, you know, doing classical music and I, I'm I've done it enough now that I'm on like the advanced setting. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, oh my gosh, it was like like imagine for each of these notes that mm-hmm. you're either like swiping an arm, crossing your body, down, up and around, you know, all these different directions. And it's like da 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 like, and that's you know, and, and I'm there, man. Like I have never like this is one of the most immersive things to me because it feels like like I've added so many places to my travel lists since started to do <laughs> this, this app. I'm like, gosh, I got to go see that in real life. But right. it feels like a travel cheat in a time where like we can't travel like oh, I, I love it. It's like it's the first thing I do in the morning now.
0: Oh, well, it seems spectacular. That's really cool. I'm kinda of jealous. You kind of make me want to go get an Oculus, to be honest. After this conversation,
1: I'm, I'm, they should they should hire me as like an ambassador because
0: yeah, you are pitching. I them. am
1: so on board with everyone. <laughs> like, because even if you like there are so many different outlets for like uh-huh. what you can experience on VR. So, so someone like me, like I'm loving the fitness apps. Mm-hmm. Um, they have this one that like Creed has like uh, put their uh, like thumbs up on. That's like a boxing game that is so much fun. They have like storyline things. They have films that you can watch. Like, Uh you know, if you want to do zombies, there's zombies. If you want to like, I played this other weird game where I was like a God and I like would pinch my fingers down and trees would grow. Like, (laughs) you know, they have everything and more is coming.
0: (laughs) Jeez. That's really cool. I'm gonna to have to like get into it. I, I think it's, I think it's so it's so untapped. In other words, it's crazy. Um, but like I said, this has been amazing, Anna. How can we stay up to date with your progress in the project? Like how I know people are gonna be like, oh my gosh, this sounds incredible. I wanna I wanna know how I can you know um, get involved or at least hear about it as it kind of progresses.
1: Yeah, totally. So, like, we are very early development stage. Um, I'm not... I've never done a VR project before, so I don't really know specifically timeline wise mm-hmm. how quick this will be on market of but, course um you can certainly follow me on instagram i <laughs> uh, haven't been posting as much as usual lately because we've been heavily in the development and writing stage but i certainly will post updates there um you know about where it will be available and mm-hmm. when you know our pilot will probably be up before the full series um you know as sort of like a trial run uh, preview Situation, but my Instagram is Ninjana dot Z, uh, like Anna Ninja together N I N J A N A dot Z.
0: Killer, killer, follow her, guys. She posts great content anyway this was a blast and happy new year oh my gosh it's been so long since we were able to like catch up it's cool to see your face back
1: in acting class when we could meet in person oh my gosh
0: uh, how but by the way how is everything going with that is i I guess the studio is closed right right now
1: i actually have no idea yeah because i don't either i I think a lot of people were able to go back to work because they have other side jobs Mm -hmm. you know like Working in restaurants or or different things, even the fitness job I had still isn't allowed to open. So yeah. you know, I, I had to kind of take a back seat from from that for the time being, and but, which you know has been a blessing in a lot of ways to be able to you know refocus all my energy creatively on getting this new project up and going. But yeah, yeah, well, no, I don't know. I think they are still running at the moment, but on like limited capacity and with masks. So gotcha.
0: You know, know exactly
1: how that works but
0: yeah well all right well like i said this has been a blast i hope we can do it again it's always such a pleasure seeing you talking to you um too thanks anna all right we did it boom we did it another episode is in the books how crazy is vr right i mean what is the world really going to look like in the coming years i don't know But I will say, thank you to Anna again for coming on. And please be sure to follow her on Instagram so you can stay up to date with that project, Mim Tech. You can follow me as well. That's at MarkStevenLaird. And everyone, please just stay safe out there and tune in next week. I'm Mark Laird, and this is No Red Tape.